Gerhardt's back. The more things change, the more they stay the same. From NJ1015.com, this is the new Jim Gerhardt Podcast. Okay, audio is back. We are back live. Shall we start over? If anybody's wondering what was all the gesticulating going on here. Uh, you Again, where, where we uh, left off here, uh, everybody other than the lip readers who know what the prelude was, you would call this the Kung Flu. <laughs> And I thought that was that's great because it gets the president and everybody else off the hook who have done the politically correct thing and calling it the who uh, what is it Hunan flu or the uh, the Chinese Chinese uh, anti coronavirus or whatever yeah speaking of that the Chinese say today that they have no new cases well, did I, you see that yes I did that's a that's a real positive well but but is it true you see this is the problem. The uh, Chinese lately, at least I say the Chinese, I should separate this. The leadership, the party has been speaking with much forked tongue. Yeah. And, you know, something interesting, just things that pop into your mind, all the maps that I've seen. And now this is very curious. All the maps, world maps that have the big red circles over it, where the up, up until yesterday, West Virginia was clear and russia the whole country i've not heard anybody address that or speak about it right uh, either either this huge country has no cases or they're doing a lot of fork and tongue stuff so uh this is one of the problems you don't know what to believe right and there's you, a, lot, a lot of misinformation going on out there and uh, i mean these are these are certainly unbelievable times um you know, you've been on this earth a lot longer than a lot of people. I mean, have you um, have you ever experienced anything of this magnitude? Well, the big crises happened when I was a child, and this, of course, would have been the Great Depression and World War II. Uh, so I'm not sure. I wasn't a, a, a student of the culture at that time. But I, again, this is something that... When I think about it, it's given me some great hope about this. I'm beginning to be very optimistic about it because I've been yelling for years that we need something to push a restart button for this culture. Mm. This culture, American culture, is totally out of hand. It is just frantic with materialism and and other problems. And I said, if, if the only thing that would push a restart button would be a... Well, a calamity, if you want, where people would have to go back and settle down and sort of, uh, you know, like a big dog scratching off the fleas, settle, settle into some rational form of, of life. Right. And perhaps this is it. I talk about, well, you know, you, you hope it's none of these things. You pray that it's not. Uh, but one of the things that I'd mentioned, in addition to a financial collapse, mm-hmm. would be a pandemic. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I'm, I'm kind of hopeful that when this is over, that we might see some very good positives coming out of this. Yeah. That uh, Ameri- I, I, I wrote a little thing here, which is sort of jotting out notes while we're waiting for the sound to come back on. Yeah. Here again is, is where I find myself right now. And you ask the question, can, uh, can uh, the most spoiled frantically self-indulgent, self-absorbed population on the earth morph into self-sacrificing, self-disciplined, responsible, socially concerned population. Mm -hmm. I think it can. Mm -hmm. Because 
I do remember, and from what I pick up uh, about the Depression, for example, everybody felt they were in the same boat. And consequently, there was very little of this bickering, arguing. Uh, we certainly didn't have political correctness then, but everybody recognized that we're all in it together. Right. World War II, same thing. You got a little touch of that right after 9-11, before that kind of fell apart, that spirit in the uh, the military action later. But uh, I'm, I'm rather hopeful. Uh, I find myself, as regards the virus itself, uh, the cultural part of it is something else, but I find myself kind of between, I think, uh, Bill in the morning is still on the tack, and he could be absolutely correct that this is overblown by media, by the political establishment, right? and we don't have that much to fear. On the other hand, on the other extreme is the uh, St. John of Patmos, who wrote the uh, the apocalypse? Right. And he, you, you, uh, do, do the name Pale Rider ring a bell? <laughs> yeah. uh, because that was the fourth rider and the apocalypse, the four horsemen, and this was uh, this was pestilence, disease. So I don't know, I, but I, I get. I, I was thinking too in my village, back in my my village, we had a saying, something that we evoked in time of great crisis, and everybody would get together and say, "When in danger." Or in doubt, run in circles, scream and shout, and so I got that out of my system. But I think that was that's one rather common reaction. Again, I, I would ask people who are who are watching this. Uh, I I have no take on this. I think last week people were saying, "What? Why doesn't somebody say something that makes me feel better or calm down?" I do not have such a thing to offer. Right. But we'd like to just get your, where are you now in this? Yeah. What, what are your experiences? Yeah, please put your comments here on the uh, Facebook uh, feed. We're going to address as many as we can this morning, and we'd love to share your experiences. Are you are you going through pain? Do you feel positive? Do you, do you agree with what Jim and Bill are saying, or do you think we're... Uh, you know, think it's a lot worse than anybody is leading on to. We're just looking for your opinions this morning. Uh, and there is a wide range of people that are feeling a lot of different things this morning. I will comment on what you were saying about, uh, you know, the World War II and all that. I feel very blessed personally that, you know, my grandparents were of that generation, that my parents also learned from that. And they they were prepared. I mean, they were prepared for anything. We always had extra and we were always, you know, what if the plan and all that stuff, save your money, you know, just conserve, just be careful. You never know what's going to happen. You never know. And having that and having that drum, you know, you know, put into my head as an early age, that has sta saved, stayed with me and served me very well up to this day. So I'm not really panicked. I'm concerned. I, I believe it, it's certainly a very, very, you know, a very, very serious thing to be worried about. Probably the most serious thing that we're going to have to deal with in our generation. But I'm not panicking. If, if that's a little bit crazy, the sound, I'm, I'm just taking it step by step. Well, here we get the the, uh, the prospects of the president of the government sending everybody money. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And largely because in this country, the highest percentage, I think, people are just living hand to mouth. Nobody's putting anything away, or few people are. And even in this, if the market really crashes, then there goes some of your, your savings that, that you had invested of the 401ks and the like. But the point is that the credit card debt alone, I forget how many trillions of dollars we're into. On the other hand, and one of my metamorphoses, I worked at a, at a radio station in Seattle 
owned by the Mormon Church, the Bonneville Corporation, which was owned by the church. A Mormons, and I, I don't know really that much about the religion, but I do know that they were urged to, and most will, somehow accumulate and put aside a year's pay into savings. Mm. Then you get back into your buying, your accumulating, and you buy everything that's on the TV for 1995 and the cars and the house and everything. But the first thing you do when you start earning money is to put away the equivalent so that you can live for a year right. uh, at your same lifestyle, which is a great thing. Unfortunately, most Americans have not adopted that. Right. I got a comment here from uh, Vicki. Hi, Vicki. Uh, it just got real in her house. Her husband just lost his job. Now what do they do? That's just one comment from Vicki, Vicki Loveland. No, no, I, I understand that, Vicki. I wish I had something, uh, you know, to, to, to offer. The government sending, uh, what they're talking about, $1,000 a head to every man, woman, child, suckling babe, I guess, in the country. I'm not sure that's a very good idea. It may cause more people to lose jobs because some of the smaller employees who are working on a margin themselves would say, hey, the government's going to give you money. I'm going to I'm going to lay you off for, for you know a time. And then when this is over, when you spent the government's money, <laughs> you can come back to work. and We'll do it over again. Right, right. So that, that, that could that could be a negative. I uh, it, it's tough. I don't know what you do. But again, as I said, there is maybe a bit of a silver, a possible silver lining in this whole thing. When people like Vicky and the families will know that these things are possibilities. Then, instead of maxing out a handful of credit cards to live the life that television tells you you should be living, then the you will have money I, uh, to survive. As you said, Bob, tough. I don't your know family you... always had food put aside. You had uh, provisions right. so that you could make it through a storm. Well, we've been living so much on the edge that most people do not have that because they've never been concerned about it. We're spoiled. Right. We're living in the most affluent, uh, free country, and uh, everything was out there for grabs. And the only sin was not getting your yes. uh, share of it. Right. And so people would extend themselves and, and way over, you know, up to their latissimus dorsi and, and credit card debt and, the, and education debt, the college loan debt, and something like this hits. Now, I think if we're going to make a prayer, what we'd like to see happen is for this thing to run its course, to end forever, go away, and then leave us with some very different ideas about how to live. Because you could have another one on the heels of this. There's nothing to stop that. Yeah. So, uh, again, I, I'm kind of hopeful, but but I, I certainly have every uh, yeah. sympathy. Having, having, having worked in broadcasting for 60 years, there have been time when I was down, too, and out and nothing. So I, I know what it's like. And a lot of people uh, are echoing uh, Vicky's comment about her husband losing the job. What, what what's next for them? Um, a lot of people are echoing that that them. they're 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 barely making rent, utility payments, and then uh, Paul Smith just yeah, got so laid off. Uh, again, a lot of people I'm are echoing those uh, terrible I, I stories. Have every, uh, um, another guy, another person, Honey, says uh, they used to make fun of me for being a prepper. Not so much now. Yeah, yeah, um, exactly. I, I mean, I, I don't. Know. I don't know what you would say to people like that. Uh, I, I, there is no control that we have. This was one, I tell you, this was one of the, the negatives, I guess, of my 26 years doing the morning show, 
at uh, New Jersey 101.5, is hearing from people who have their problems and they think because you're on the public stage, you can do something about it, especially with political influence you might have. And you can't. And I have gotten in, I got into some very deep fits of depression over instance, people uh, with situations that I could not do anything about. And yet I would have people calling me on the radio, calling me at home, you know, in tears, crying. We talked to the governor about this or that. It, it, it's something that we just can't do. So I don't know. Um, I, I now, think now me, as, a, as a me, everyone knows I'm immunosuppressed because of my recent transplant. So for someone like me, I've got to be very, very concerned about this. And I've got to sequester myself for as long as it takes. I've really got to limit. And so does everyone here in my family. We've got to do that. So I've got to, and anyone else in, in the same situation as I am, have got to do the same thing. And the elderly, they've got to take this very seriously. But my question is, how is there any way that we as a society can balance this so that the entire world doesn't come to an economic screeching halt? Because it has the potential for just completely wrecking countless lives. I don't know what you feel about that. Of course. And, and, and in this country, we've pretty much set ourselves up for it by our profligate you know, ways of life, self-indulgence, living. Well, look at the kids now. What do they have? Uh, 100,000 kids or something in, in Florida on top of one another the spring break. They're, they're ignoring the... Uh, the pleas to stay home. And this is the generation that is so damn spoiled because they've never had any reality like this, any serious reality, negative reality in their lives. Most of us, you who are younger than I, we had, in my sense, as I said, the Depression, things were very tough. You get the world wars. We had After that, we had the threat of the bomb, you know, duck and cover business. And then, uh, so there's always been something of a crisis and that the people had to, had to live with. This generation has not had any of that. There's been nothing of that going on. The, the, biggest, the biggest danger, the biggest fear they've ever had is that somehow the internet will go out and they can't text. Right. So yeah. that's, that's, that's a, uh, oh, oh I got, we gotta get this in before we forget about it. I know this is an aside. We still would like to hear from people. If anybody has an idea of what people in media can do to help, uh, like Vicky and, and the family, and certainly uh, I have no answer for it. Uh, I understand that in New Jersey, the governor has kind of, uh, what, gone into uh, a meditation grove or, or, or something and is not really out in front. Right, he's, uh, he's basically got his head under the bed and uh, not giving us the leadership and the guidance that we need, I believe. Yeah, I don't want to get into the, the, the politics of this thing at all, because I think we all should sort of stay out of that for a while. Yes. But I just wanted to mention, of all the bizarre things going on, this story this morning about the mayor of Baltimore. Oh, yeah. This this shows what I was sort of talking about, or where we are, or where we were, and I hope we come out of this and we're no longer there. The governor or, or the uh, the mayor of Baltimore has urged his people to stop shooting one another because they need the hospital beds for victims or they might need them for the flu. Now, oh. man, you get that. Ask people, 
please stop shooting each other. Right. No, we do not need the beds in the hospital for shooting victims. We need it for. Uh, did he put a time limit on? Yeah, yeah don't but, shoot your neighbor for, yeah, for the next couple of weeks at least, right? Next couple of weeks. Now, when can you start shooting again? Sure. That's going to be the question that yeah. probably was asked at a press conference. Did so, you ever, so, did you ever think you would see that from a politician having to plead, don't shoot at anybody? Well, how about, how about in Chicago? I mean, that, that would where they shoot, I guess, more than they do in Baltimore. It's a shooting gallery. Are they going to go in? Are they going to shoot from home? Or shoot in place, I guess, is what it would be. Uh, it's, it's, it's a monstrous absurdity. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, uh, a couple of comments here, Jim. Uh, Debbie, uh, Deb Conniff uh, says, we're also retired, but we have always saved, always been cautious. The material stuff was never that important. So I hope that you're right, Jim, that this forces a reboot of our collective soul. Yeah, this, this uh, what she's talking about is sort of the grasshopper in the ant, you know, Aesop fable, and uh, and we have been the we have been the grasshopper who uh, in hard times went and pled with the ants who had been working real hard all year storing things up because the grasshopper had run out of food because he had not been provident, which of course is the moral of the story, and and this is very apt nowadays. This is where we are not everybody obviously, but but as as a, as a culture. And so the thing is that we, it's understandable. I'm not trying to fault anybody for it because this was going along in the mainstream of the culture. You get everything you can, you accumulate, you acquire, uh, because media tells you that you have to have all these things, especially now it's getting in more of the social media with their huge tsunami of advertising that is geared to you, very Machiavellian. They get information data about you specifically off the social media, then they sell that to advertisers who have a product that you may have mentioned just casually in a conversation on on, uh, on Facebook and, and try to run it down your throat. You look at a news story, boy, does this gall me. I want to check a news story, a video with any news source. First thing that comes up, and this can be a horrendous, tragic thing, but to see it, you've got to sit through a stupid mind-numbing 30 seconds worth of commercial yeah. to see, which sort of, uh, it, it takes the leavening out of the, the, the feeling, the thoughts that you had for the news story. 27 people killed in a car wreck, you know, mass carnage and everything. But first, and here comes a bunch of dancing bananas out or something, or yeah. somebody hustling loose cars. Yeah. Uh, see, there's so much that needs resetting, the people's attitudes, the whole culture. Now, the spending... That's being poured out now, the trillion dollars or more that's going to be given away and put into this, bailing out businesses, helping small businesses, bailing out the big ones, and then sending out money to people who have been unemployed. And I hope they only send it to people who need it, uh, because if they just start blanketing, this is the American thing. This is part of the whole problem. The way Americans deal with a problem is to throw money at it. And so uh, it's it, it, uh, hopefully that after this is over, people will see that it's not always going to be like this. There is a tomorrow. And the Nike, just do it, may not be the soundest philosophy to live by. Right. I hope. So yeah. I think that's, that's one of the good things here. Another good thing, I was looking out the window here behind me this morning. I don't know if you can see this, but there's a row of weeping cherry trees in front that are coming into a nice pink bloom, just coming into bloom. 
I got a little magnolia tree over here that is blooming. The forsythias out. The uh, daffodils are up and blooming. So it's, it bodes to be a beautiful spring. So that somehow, I guess, lightens the spirit just a bit. So a uh, couple of yeah, a couple of other comments. Teresa yeah. says it's really sad when you go to the grocery store and you can't buy a loaf of bread or get meat. Yeah. That she faced yesterday. That scares her. And I got to yeah. agree with you. I mean, this is completely a self-inflicted panic that we've yeah. done to this society through uh, over hype. I mean, I'm not taking away anything from the importance of this issue. This is a major serious stuff that could affect thousands more if we're not, you know, very careful on how we treat this. But the, the panic that has been ensued and just inflicted on people, it's just dangerous. I mean, you're seeing people stocking up like it's the last day on Earth. Uh, it, it's ridiculous. And, and what got me was the toilet paper rush. Who yeah. would have thought of that? Who in the world would ever have thought that there would be a total panic to get toilet paper? So does this say something about the American diet? I don't know. Hmm. I don't follow the American diet. And uh, I was now, now this, this is this is absurd. But I, I, I expect any day for somebody, some politician or person to come out and say to prevent another toilet paper panic, the government is going to send free everybody cheese and red meat. <laughs> Buy, binding products. Yeah. And then people can relax. So uh, it's, it's, okay. no, I, I apologize for that one. If you take anything away from this uh, this morning, have cheese. Have cheese. Yeah, eat cheese. Lots of, eat now cheese, the cheese. Lots of cheese. You know what was gone in the mar market I went to, in addition to all the paper products? There was a big, the milk chest was full of milk. Next to it, when they have the, uh, what, the airsots milk, if you want, the almond milk, the soy milk, the coconut milk and all, that was bare. Hmm. So people had gone with that. People had gone with the, with the basics, the comfort food. And from what I understood going to the store last week, I mean, I normally go on Sunday mornings. It's normally very quiet. It's uh, me and a couple of other people. It was like the day before Thanksgiving times 10. It was just madness. And it was just very disappointing. And I spoke to a couple of the workers over at the local shop, right? And they said, I don't know what's going on. We're getting shipments on a regular basis. It's not like the food chain or the supply has been cut off. People are just under the misguidance that there's not going to be anything available after next week. Can you imagine that people are going to have a whole storage facility rented full of toilet paper after this is over? What are you going to do with it? Well, I, I think I mentioned a while ago, and I, I, it's worth repeating, um, we're going to get out of this at some point, and you're going to end up with a lot, not you, but people are going to end up with a lot of surplus of food and things like that. You better think about donating that to your local food pantry or your local social services or find a good home for that stuff. Don't let those canned goods and all of that stuff, which all have expiration dates, go to waste. Don't let them rot in your, in your basement, in a box, or in your garage, or what have you. Get rid of it and give it to the people that need it because, heck, they need it now. Uh, and they're definitely going to need it later. That's one of the things. Nobody knows how this is going to play out. I was thinking this morning, I, I, will, I will start here uh, as, our, as do our gentleman of the cloth with a glance at the text. And the text here is uh, Ludwig Wittgenstein, the probably most significant philosopher of the, the 20th century, in a, in a book called Tractatus Logico Philosophicus. I don't know what it means either, but uh, that's the name of the book. But here, here is his summation 
of wisdom, whereof one cannot speak, thereof one must be silent. In other words, if you don't know what you're talking about, sit down and shut up. And again, I think none of us really know what this is, where it's going. The scientists are still trying to figure it out and and come up with a cure. I'm told that there are some promising uh, advances in, in medical uh, you know, research now to deal with this. Hopefully the Chinese for once are not speaking with fork and tongue, and this has leveled out. Sometimes these pop up and die out of their own. Right. But, but, it's, it's a terrible thing to say. It would be good for us as, as a culture if this lasted long enough that people would get it into their heads to live as the last caller had said, and as you've talked about, uh, prudently. And remember, this can happen again. This can happen again. You've got to be ready for it because we're living in an age in which not only uh, are these viruses, these creatures, uh, morphing themselves into new strains and coming along, as this is an example, but we're not ready for it because what we've done with our bodies by this profligate living standard that we had, and we're living on food by and large, which is, which is undercutting the body's natural ability to fight off these things. Yeah. So, so yep, I got another comment from uh, Charles, John Charles. It says, many of the greatest generation preached to their children to save for a rainy day, telling them stories of all the hardship they had experienced as kids during the Great Depression. And there, I'm, I'm, I'm witness to that, John. It's, it's, it, it's served me well, and I'm sure anyone my age and my generation, the, the late boomers into the next generation, I mean, yeah, it's, ser it's serving us well today. It really is. Well, and I'm so you know, something looking, looking back, you, you look for pluses out of this, but I know during the Depression, uh, we didn't eat like people do now. It was meat was, in a sense, almost rare, just some. And these were usually like chicken or something, which is considered borderline healthy. A lot of seafood and, and vegetables and, and, uh, and grains and the like. So when I was growing up, we had a much better diet than a kid growing up today has. There was no McDonald's. Right. There was very little processed food. You have to eat just what happened to be locally grown or a few things shipped in. And so it grew up. I think our, our metabolisms or our bodies just sort of developed uh, with a little more strength than possibly you're going to get coming up in the future. Because, you, you know, the years that I've managed to stick it out here. Uh, taking up oxygen from people on the planet. So. Well, you're certainly an inspiration to everybody, Jim. For yeah. you know, you, you've stayed well for a lot of time, and you know it's yeah. served well today, buddy. So, so. I, I think uh, people are going to have to rethink a lot of things after this. But I, I again, if it ended today, I think we would be right back where we were. Uh, the reset button would not have worked. It's like rebooting your computer and it goes right out again. Right. If it and this is a terrible thing to say because you you were in a sense there are some people now nobody deserves this of course but there are some people uh, I mean nobody deserves the the hardships but there uh, are some people who I think will come out of it I would predict they're going to be better for it yeah oh absolutely I, I think a lot of people I, I, I my, my my little note here 
it's possible that we could do a 180 degree turn and come into people who are capable of self-sacrifice, people who are self-disciplined, who are responsible, who will accept responsibility for their own lives instead of yelling to the government for somebody else for everything. Uh, Can it be done? It can be done. And I hope this is a is, is is something that will regenerate that sort of a spirit that we're talking about people during the depression. You didn't find any people fighting. Nobody was intimidating you for your thoughts because you didn't think the proper thing or say the proper thing. Uh, and the same thing went when we were at, at war. Everybody recognized the peril, and there was a great sense. You know something? I you know I was talking about times you got asked that you saw that. I saw a little bit of it one time in New York, of all places, 1969, when the Mets won the World Series. <laughs> really? Yeah. And you, you, get it, you get it for a couple of days or maybe a week in Philadelphia when the Eagles won the Super Bowl. Yeah. And, and their, their people are happy. They're smiling at each other. And, but then they slip back again. Yeah. Uh, because I think it's because of the, the, the huge demands right. that this culture puts on you to do things, to get things, look busy. And uh, so uh, well, also, hope, I think there's great hope in this. Yes, yes I agree, too. And I, I, I also uh, want to share that uh, I think that a lot of people today are feeling out of control because it is one of those situations where nobody can control when things are going to get back to normal. People are freaked out. That's when they try to get more control. They try to Give me more. Give me more of this. Give me more of that. Let me just uh, rein in what I can to keep my sanity. But people have just got to let it go and let things happen. And hopefully things will come back. You got to you got to maintain some sort of hope when there's not much out here right now immediately to be hopeful for. I will drop in a thought here. And it's, it's simply a thought. There can be a positive here, because if you are in a situation when you cannot do anything about it, recognize the fact that you cannot control it. This is like the old Taoist idea of of the Tao. This is the way the world works. You could call it God. You could call it the universe or what. It's doing its thing. (laughs) And you can't do anything about it. And the best way to get into trouble is to fight it. So, But accept that. And the fact that you can't do anything as the possibility of removing some of the stress and some of the tension and some of the anxieties and it, because you're not doing anything, not because of your fault, this is something that you can't control. Right. So you can say as the little bird in my, uh, I don't know if you could see the picture up there, Bob, you could see it what, yesterday. What's it say there? Uh, oh, it's a- Well, can you see that? I have a, uh, I, I, well, I, there's a picture I have and I love it. And it's a, a, a waterfowl of some kind, a okay. duck or whatever walking out of an oil spill onto the beach. He's just covered with oil, it's dripping. And he's got this real shaking your head, you know, what's the use look on his face. And what he's saying in the caption is something it. Like <laughs> something at all. Now, I can't say the, something. You fill in the blanks, right? Yeah. So I fill in, I'll fill in the blank because I covered that up. You mentioned it yesterday we were talking. So I did cover it in this, <laughs> this final program. Everybody appreciates that. Hey, yeah. uh, real quick, how long do you think we can go on with these restrictions? Do we have to tough it out? Do you think people are going to start uh, rebelling? What, what's your feeling? No, what we're, we're going to find out. We're, we're going to find out. 
Unfortunately, unfortunately, I saw a story yesterday. Guns are selling like mad in states where yeah. you go out and buy a gun. Ammunition, they're out of it. The ammunition are like the toilet paper shelves uh, in, in the gun stores. And so what people are saying when you talk to them, they're afraid that something is going to happen. And then if you have some food put away, there's going to be people coming in, invading your home to get the food. So don't tell your neighbors that you have food because they may be knocking on your door later on tonight to get there, it. There, there is some wisdom in that, Bob. I don't know if you intended it that way, <laughs> but, but that's, that's very, very wise. Look as poor as you possibly can. Oh, Go around in ragged clothes. <laughs> yeah. And, and it wouldn't hurt to go, see you nip the bark yeah. off the tree. <laughs> hey, before we go, let's get in that uh, it's still New Jersey, no matter what kind of crisis. The, oh, the, yeah. The, those, uh, you know, those uh, rascals down there in Trenton are uh, going to raise the tolls or they want to raise the tolls on the turnpike of the parkway. So yeah. they have three public hearings uh, for you to express your, your dissension or your, your different opinions yesterday. Well, they had three of them. One was canceled. And the other two public hearings were not open to the public because of the coronavirus. So they are so used to and so grooved into this grubbing money that they had these three hearings at a time when people are urged to stay home. I understand that also when they had it, they did not have the hearings scheduled for Monmouth and Ocean Counties. Yes, that's one they wanted. Someone, uh, one of the politicians down there wanted to have one, but it was, uh, it was, it was uh, not, not approved. Yes, I agree. But, but, but as you say, it, it's typical New Jersey, no matter what, hail, pestilence, frogs, vermin, you know, whatever, uh, pandemics cannot stop the state of New Jersey from trying to stick its hand in your pocket. Right. They haven't uh, approved it yet, but it's, it's, it's heading that way, unfortunately. Well, so, now, again, something, something to think about, too, with all these trillions of dollars that are being given away to, to help keep the economy going and keep people, uh, you know, uh, in some reasonable state. It's got to be paid back at some time. Right. Because they can sit there with their printing press printing out money, but that has repercussions, too. So I would not be surprised to find that there are going to be some significant increases in taxes after this is over. Now, I think maybe most of us hopefully will understand that it's it's necessary. It has to be done. The piper has to be paid. But I also hope that at the same time, people will realize that the government cannot do it as they have normally done, which is 54 percent waste. Yeah. That we have got to get together and demand efficiency of the government when they start paying the piper. Yeah. So... I rest my case. Lou Hockman's, uh, our uh, director, says we got a wrap. Lou, thank you very much for taking care of us today. It's a different format we've been doing. We're both Skyping in, and uh, we appreciate it. We're going to be here next week uh, at 1030 right here on the Facebook Live. We remind you to keep your uh, your information station, New Jersey 101.5, online at nj1015.com and on the app. We're here 24-7 right through this crisis. We're your prime information source here in New Jersey. And, Jim, it's always a pleasure being here with you, buddy. Okay. See you later, everybody.